Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. For today's episode, that's brought to you by RockAuto.com. Uh, we do have another new sponsor on the pod, RockAuto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, Frank. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more later on. And before we get into it, obviously basketball over the last 24 hours, I think for, for everyone has been at the back of everyone's mind or pushed to the side, certainly with everything else that's going on before we get to some developments with the NBA. If anyone missed yesterday's podcast uh, with Tully Hughes, it, it, was, it was a great chat and it was educational and informative. I hope the people that did listen to it enjoyed hearing from Tully in regards to everything that's going on in the world. But Frank, uh, it kind of... Under the radar, obviously, for obvious reasons this week, this last 24 hours, the NBA in particular, it's really gathered momentum in the return. And I mentioned a couple of days ago on the podcast that July 31st looked like it was going to be the date. Uh, That is about 58 days away from now. I I think I just read that on Twitter. So still a a little way away, but it looks like we have settled on the 22 teams returning. 13 of those will be from the West and 9 from the East. So the team's outside the playoffs in the West. And again, this is teams that are within six games of the eight seed. So you have the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns. The Suns, 26 and 39, by the way. They get an invite. I don't really understand why. In the East, the Wizards are coming better, out. Better hope, the Buck, better, hope, better hope the Bucks don't have to face off against the Suns, right? I mean, that, that would be the ultimate. The ultimate <laughs> that, would, that would be the ultimate reason why you wouldn't want, like, the uh, – you know, one through 16 seeding, right? <laughs> just just, just in, in, in the off chance that there was some path to the Suns, you know, you know the Suns are taking the Bucks to at least six games in a first-round series if it comes to that. It's just, it, it just, it's just the way it is. It's a, yeah. it's a truism of basketball. Oh, I, I give you credit for even suggesting the Bucks would take two games off the Suns. That's a bold prediction from you. <laughs> uh, the Wizards, the Wizards, obviously the other team from the East, they're coming. They're 24 and 40. So before we dive into the specifics about this, 22 teams, are you up or down on, on this ultimate decision to bring these teams there? Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> any, any format that includes the Wizards um i think by definition has too many teams um so i you know i i I was sort of um mentally kind of uh kind of zoning in more on the 20 team kind of version similar to this that had been going around and you know the idea of going straight to the playoffs i think is appealing you know from sort of the safety and just kind of getting on with it perspective um i think again my my hesitation there was only that you know again I, i just going straight to the playoffs. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you, you mean again, like I guess you could have exhibition games between the playoff teams in advance of that. Um, but I won't lie. There is something appealing about having some like quote unquote regular season games to, I guess, you know, kind of finish off what, what, you know, was abruptly ended 
as far as the regular season in March 12th or whatever it was. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, just sort of strange um, to uh, just to think about everything that's happened. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, I think I'm okay with it. I think if we discuss, um, you know, the things that I think we, we both agreed we didn't want um, and partly because we're Bucks fans, but also largely because I think just from a fairness perspective, you know, the pool play, the world cup tournament thing. Uh, I'm, I'm glad obviously that that's not seemingly going to be part of uh, what what's being discussed. Um, so, you know, something that looks a little bit more like what we're used to, but, uh, but, you know, does at least, at least give some of these uh, teams that are not in the current kind of playoff seating. I, I don't, I don't have a big problem with that. A plan tournament I think could be fun in future years as well. And for me, that's a big kind of litmus test for this is, you know, doing things that if we're making changes, like let's make changes that we think actually like could hold longer term as well. And, you know, if if we're not going to, if we don't think it's viable in a regular year, then um, part of me is like, all right, then I think we're being too cute. Um, So, so that's, that's sort of my mindset as we've been discussing these, you know, it's, if it's different, uh, first off, let's not be too different. (laughs) We don't need to be. Um, But if you're going to be different, do it in a way where, um, it actually helps inform us for what you might want to do longer term. Right. And, and I, to the extent, you know, I'd also even throw the, you know, next season, presumably starting at Christmas, which seems to be where we're headed. Um, I think that'll be next year, but I think that's an interesting litmus test for, um, you know, if that's going to be a permanent thing or not. And obviously it's, it's one of those things like once you do it, it's going to be hard to get calendar back to an earlier start just because then you're going to have to have a short off season or reduce the number of games at some point. And as we've discussed, I don't foresee the NBA and the players deciding that they want to play fewer than 82 games next season, given just the money that's at stake and how much the money they've lost already. But anyway, not to get too distracted. Yeah. I, I feel like 20 might've made more sense just because you've got some teams in here in this 22 team format that just really have no business being in, in, in this discussion, but um, you know, 22, whatever, it's fine. Clearly 30 didn't make sense. Um, and 16, I think, uh, even though I think from a purist standpoint, I think had a lot of appeal. Um, you know, there's, there's something to be said for, for going on beyond the, the current seating of the 16. Yeah, so I was just taking a closer look at this and clearly the two teams that are well outside, uh, well behind the other teams are the Suns and the Wizards in both uh, conferences. You look at the West, there's a genuine bunch up of teams. The Grizzlies 32 and 33 and then three and a half games back, the Blazers, the Pelicans, and the Kings, and then the Spurs, uh, just four games back. So those four teams are genuinely genuinely within striking distance if there was an 82-game season. I think that the reason the Suns and the Wizards are there, I mean, maybe they just wanted to give have the possibility of having this play-in tournament, which we'll get to in a little bit for the eighth seed. So they're like, yeah, let's bring the Wizards. But let's be honest, they've decided, or what's been reported is that they're going to play eight, regular season games now the wizards are five and a half games back of the magic so are they going to make up five and a half games within eight no but the the rumor is or what's been reported is that there is going to be a play-in for the ninth seed will have an opportunity to play for the eighth seed if they get within four games of that eighth seed at the end of this eight games so really if you're the wizards you're actually only one and a half games back of potentially being able to play off for this eighth seed. Now, Woj has it down that this would be double elimination for the eighth seed, single elimination for the ninth seed. Uh, So there is an advantage still for the Magic because they would have a significant lead in the standings. The part that gets interesting, 
And I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Zach Lowe is the one that brings up the specifics. I'm going to steal this tweet from Zach. But he says, what happens if Memphis finishes 35 and 38 and another team finishes 34 and 38? Who gets advantage for the number eight play-in? Uh, because everyone's coming back and saying, well, okay, we're, we're playing eight more regular season games. But all these teams were in different positions in, this, in the regular season. So some have played more games, some have played fewer games. How do you determine tiebreakers in that situation? There's some different scenarios that are going to come up that makes this really hard to predict what's actually going to happen. But before you jump in, Frank, let me tell you about rockauto.com. Unlike chain stores that have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I spoke about bobbleheads the other day on the podcast. I don't know whether you're much of a bobblehead fan, but if you are, you need to go to our great local sponsors, bobblesgalore.com. They're the leading bobblehead retailer in the country. They have a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all major sports leagues, including the Bucks, of course, the Packers, and the Brewers. They're officially licensed by the NBA, MLB, and NFL. Right now, in limited quantities, only 1,500 were made. They have a triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobblehead that showcases Giannis, Aaron Rodgers, Christian Yalich. It's unlike any bobble we've ever seen before, Frank. And on top of that, they have the Greek flag Giannis bobblehead that needs to be seen to be believed. They have a super friendly chat feature on the website. They're always there to answer any question you may have. Bobbles Galore can also make custom bobbleheads for any occasion or event. Visit bobblesgalore.com. Use the promo code Locked On to receive free shipping. That's bobblesgalore.com. Locked On, and you'll get free shipping. Well, and this is the weakness of doing anything like this is it just becomes overly complicated really quick, right? Like you think you think you have like kind of a, a simple sort of thing and then, you know, you start to unpack it and people like Zach start to unpack <laughs> and you realize, oh, this actually is more complicated and there are things yeah. that can happen that, um, you know, put, put the league in, in weird positions. So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, again, as a Bucks fan, um, I, I feel a little bit above the fray here right. to <laughs> yeah, some exactly. extent. Um, but you know, the same token, I mean, the Bucks obviously as the presumptive number one overall seed, um, you know, obviously it's relevant who's, who's eight. Um, so that, that's, um, that's kind of the, the part that's interesting now. So let, let's clarify this. So, uh, is there any chance that the Bucks would play someone other than, uh, the Wizards or Magic in the first round? Cause obviously, you know, if you had a one through 16 scenario or even a, scenario where a west team could steal the eighth seed right in the east i think that's been something that had been thrown around too that obviously would be very different right like i don't think as a bucks fan you'd want to see you know zion uh as the the eighth seed 
in the East, even if you feel would still feel very confident that you could beat the Pelicans. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, right? No, it's it's basically for the Bucks the way it's going to play out. From again, what's been reported is that it's either going to be the Nets, the Magic, or the Wizards because Brooklyn are only half a game ahead of the Magic. So the the Nets are definitely a team that's in the mix for a one v eight series for sure. And it seems like uh, I don't know. I heard people like alluding to the idea of KD and Kyrie coming back. Um, I I forget who it was. If it was Woj or somebody, somebody who's very plugged in, pretty much killed off the idea that of of KD and I'm not sure if Kyrie was also in that in that group, but um, it it seemed like uh, they were extremely confident that the Nets were not going to risk bringing back KD uh, in this playoff series, even though it's going to be you know at this point well over a year, not well over, but you know more than a year yeah, yeah. since he had that Achilles injury, because um, that obviously would throw a, you know that that would be a curveball <laughs> obviously if you know you you you're the one seed and then all of a sudden Kevin Durant laces up and you've got to face you know, a team that was pretty good without KD and Kyrie for most or all of the year. And now those guys were, were to come back. I mean, that, that's, that's like where the whole let the, let the higher seeds pick, pick their opponent thing. Like that's where that actually becomes pretty, pretty relevant, right? right. Because there could be some wonky stuff as far as, um, you know, if, if New Orleans with Zion having missed most of the season um, or the Nets, you know, having missed their two stars, uh, that obviously could be kind of an unfair situation where, you know, a great team has to play a much more talented team than, than their record would indicate. But obviously seems like it will be academic with the Nets. And um, I would happily, uh, as, a, as a high seed, a fan of a high seeded team, I would happily uh, say, KD, feel free to take a little bit longer to, to rest <laughs> that leg. Yeah, I heard some discussion with the, I mean, we know the, the no dunks fellas are, predominantly Raptors fans and well certainly Skeetsy and, and, and Lee and uh, Tass as well and they were a little bit scared of the thought of that 2-7 matchup uh, Raptors and Nets it's interesting when you look out west and uh, I'm going to come back to the east but some of the things that are noteworthy with these teams that are now back in the playoff mix the Spurs could potentially keep that uh, playoff streak running I, I think that Clearly, when you look at some of the other teams in the mix, uh, Spurs wouldn't be my pick to be that ninth seed by the time this finishes up. But it's also interesting. Uh, the Pelicans are right back in this. And we spoke about the fact that the NBA would love Zion to sneak into the eighth seed. But you potentially got a number one draft pick versus number two draft pick, Ja Morant versus uh, Zion Williamson for the play-in to get the eighth seed and then play the Lakers. Uh, if the Lakers play this eight or had to choose who they would take on in this eight seed matchup. I'm feeling pretty confident that it wouldn't be Zion, uh, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, JJ Redick. I'm pretty sure it's not the Pelicans. Do I think that the New Orleans would come in and beat the Lakers? No, but we've spoke about it. The number one seed doesn't have home court advantage. We don't know what effect this neutral site is going to have. A Lakers-Pelicans matchup still it has to be kind of scary for Lakers fans. Yeah, and I think the, the other big thing is just, you know, the... Um just the layoff and, and, you know, literally three months off, right? right yeah. Well, even longer than that, right? I mean, so from um, early March or mid-March to late July, um, I guess you're talking about more than four months, right? I think, I thought I heard some, saw somewhere someone counted off the days that basically the amount of time between the last game and the next game is going to be the same number of days as from when the season started versus... Huh. Um, versus when the season was was paused, which feels like an impossibility, right? The idea that we would basically take an equally long break in the middle. Um, 
but it, you know, it, it's, it's wild, right? Even though it doesn't feel like we've been off that long, I mean, it's been two and a half months longer than that at this point, And we're still basically two months away from, from the season restarting if, if everything goes to plan. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely a, it's just so weird, right? I mean, the idea, I think October 12th was highlighted as the, you know, latest end date or, or most likely latest end date for the season, which uh, again, like you're not that far off from when last season started essentially, right? Like mid-October, um, this season may not end until then. Yeah, well, uh, I will say my brother's getting married on October 10 and I'm best man for that wedding. So I'm getting kind of anxious that this would be a game six of the NBA finals. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry to my brother, but uh, wedding's either going to have to be postponed or I'm not going to be there. Are you going to have to Zoom me in? Everyone's been using Zoom so often they might be able to figure something out. But uh, I'm starting to get a little bit stressed out about that possibility. Interesting thing when you look back at the East, because we've spent so much time saying, okay, it's going to be Bucks Magic. We spoke about the Celtics and Sixers in the first round and how that would just be a disaster for both of those franchises. I don't know if you have the standings up, Frank, but certainly teams can make some moves here. And the Celtics, the, the number two seed is within their grasp. Yes, they're three games behind and it would be tough to make that up in eight games, but it's a possibility. The Heat, the Pacers and the Sixers only have two games separating them so there could be some moving in the standings which we always knew was going to be a possibility but now we have this eight game setup what do you what would you if you're a Bucks fan what's the best case scenario I don't know if you've spent any time thinking about this but certainly for me I was always looking at this Celtics Sixers series and saying yeah I'd be totally fine with one of those teams getting knocked out in the first round I just want to remind all our listeners about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The bars are tasty. They're built to taste like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bar is great for the health cultures. Guy, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And again, for me, they're getting me through this quarantine period over the last couple of months, helping me get through my workouts at home. And you know, we've got a special offer for you. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code locked on at builtbar.com for $10 off. Yeah, I, and it's kind of funny because um, I think Celtic Sixers was going to be the matchup regardless of whether it was 1 through 16 right. yeah. or. Uh, or still one to eight in each conference, so there wasn't really <laughs> they didn't really have any incentive to to change things up to to avoid one another. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Celtics, obviously, I think you you feel kind of hard done by um, knowing that the Sixers probably get uh, well. I don't know, healthy Ben Simmons, but Ben yeah, Simmons yeah. seems like he there's a good chance he would actually play versus he would have almost certainly missed uh, this series if it was happened at a, at a normal time. So um, yeah, I mean, I think. You know, from the Bucks' perspective, obviously, um, you'd feel pretty comfortable going against the Magic. Uh, I don't know if Jonathan Isaac might be back. He obviously had a long-term injury. He's obviously an important guy for them as they try to s- slow down Giannis. Um, I guess I would rather face the Wizards than the, than the Magic. But <laughs> Chris Milton really would be happy with that. Yeah, exactly. Not really thinking that's that's a likely scenario. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, if uh, if we look specifically, I mean, a couple couple of interesting matchups. Um, you know, the the uh, Celtics. And Sixers, I think, is the probably the marquee matchup um, of that that East first round. Um, and and I don't know. I, I mean, I I feel like I hate the Celtics more than the Sixers. Um, but I, I don't I don't know if I don't know. 
Like, do you have a feeling like one way or the other, as far as like, which, which is the better matchup for the Bucks? Just cause um, I mean, I think you can obviously make a good case that either team would be dangerous, but that ultimately, obviously you would expect the Bucks to be both of those teams. Um, I don't know if I feel like, you know, super strongly about one team being a better matchup than, than the other. I mean, certainly the, um, Sixers, we saw the Bucks handle them pretty easily the last couple times, but they did at least have that one game where they uh, where they really handled <laughs> where they really gave the Bucks the business. But um, you know, certainly there's some reasons matchup wise why you'd actually feel pretty good about the Bucks there as well. Yeah, I still always feel a little bit more uh, concerned about the Celtics. I'm not sure if concerned is the right word, but they've just got so many guys on the wing that can score, and then you add in Kemba Walker, who has been notoriously good against the Bucks, So with Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, even Gordon Haywood, a guy that uh, at times has been up and down this season since coming back and he's had some injury concerns again, but a guy that can put up 30. So they've got uh, four guys that you sort of look at and say, yeah, okay, they could put up 30 points on any given night. I think that's really dangerous. And the Sixers, I've always thought, despite what we saw on Christmas Day, and yes, they banged in a whole bunch of threes, but uh, I still think matchup-wise... They struggle to score against the Bucks' interior defense and also uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, yes, we've seen him have success on Christmas Day against Giannis. Giannis had a rough night. Embiid was terrific defensively. But still, he's another guy that I can't possibly sit here and believe that he's going to be someone that's going to come back to the NBA after this time off in great shape. I mean, he's never, <laughs> he, he's never looked in great shape. And my concern all along is that he wasn't going to get through a series. You can't convince me that he's coming back ready to, to, to do this. I, I just cannot believe that. Yeah, there, I forget if we talked to that. Did we talk about this on the pod? I, the the idea of uh, they should they should weigh they should reweigh <laughs> yeah, everybody exactly, when they come exactly. back. Just, yeah. and then we could we could put you know like get bets on on who would <laughs> who would have gained the most weight uh, during the quarantine. Um, I, I feel like Embiid was was one of the guys. I feel like Luca, yeah. you know, disappearing off to to Europe. Nik- Nikola Jokic, obviously a guy that that might do that. Um, but yeah. I, I think that's certainly a question mark with, with Embiid. Like, I don't know if anybody's seen him recently and he's also such an enormous dude that like, you know, he could put on 25 pounds and you probably wouldn't yeah, really yeah, be true. able to tell, especially if he's wearing a Jersey and not, you know, he's not shirtless or something like that. So um, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating question. I mean, I think, um, you know, we've talked about it in relation to Giannis uh, just looking at guys who have been sort of fast starters at the beginning of seasons, like what, what um, you know, is it going to be a scenario where guys who are slow starters are going to, you know, be struggling because it's basically like having a full off season or, uh, or on the flip side are guys who have been fast starters, are they going to be at a real advantage? Right. So a guy like Giannis, who's, you know, always in, always in shape, certainly never out of shape, you know, like he may not always have his, uh, his, you know, perfect wind that he might want to have, but you know, it's not like Giannis is coming in heavy and, you know, having had, uh, you know, too many Twinkies or something like that. So, um, so that'll be interesting. Flip side, Chris Milton hasn't always been a super fast starter. Um, so uh, that that kind of might be an interesting thing to watch. I think Chris, in in years past, not so much this this past year. I think the Team USA stuff actually helped him get into shape early and come into camp ready. But I think he's been pretty forthright about maybe not always being in the best shape coming into camp. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. You know, kind of all all around the league and. Um, something something to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, just a side note with Middleton, 
I saw someone tweet this today and I, I tried to find the tweet again and I couldn't find it, but someone mentioned that it gives him the opportunity to, of course, uh, make the 50, 40, 90 club efficiently. He dipped uh, uh, yeah. officially. He dipped just under that, obviously, as we know, uh, before the season went down. So he's going to have eight games here to do something. I saw a bunch of people just quickly on the schedule before we move on to some other stuff. Uh, the schedule, eight games, they're going to try. And again, this comes back to the imperfect way to do this and they've said that they're going to go by the schedule that was already there and then if a team is not in Orlando then you just move on to the next game I don't actually know how this is going to actually work but for the Bucks, of course that would mean the Celtics first up that was the game that was scheduled at Fiserv 4 on the day after the season went down and then the next game was the Warriors obviously not in not in Disney so the Bucks will move on and I saw a bunch of people talking about this uh, ultimately it doesn't really matter for Milwaukee because they're six and a half games ahead of the Raptors in the first seed uh, with only eight regular season games I mean they're not dropping the number one seed that's that's one thing to note uh, I wanted to and tell there's, you and there's no and and there's no you know get home court over the Lakers exactly. type pressure yeah. either here right so it's really just for pride, the idea of, of uh, being the, you know, finishing the season with the best, best record, which I, hell, hell, I want, I still want that, right? <laughs> like, I don't sure. want the Bucks to go three and five or something. I think, you know, it's, it's going to be important, I think, for teams to get some semblance of rhythm. But I, I am really curious to see, I mean, are they going to treat it like preseason, right? Like, I, I mean, you know, Giannis barely plays 30 minutes a game during the regular season as is coming down the stretch here. Um, how many games is he even going to play uh, out of these eight? And when he does play, is he going to play 20 minutes? Is he going to play more than 25 minutes in any of these games? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. I'm almost like, oh, man, like his per-game averages are going to get tanked, right, um, by by probably not playing very much. Um, and I'm sort of curious how all these teams are going to handle that. I can't imagine you're going to see a lot of 40-minute nights from guys on on the on the top teams unless there's some, you know, playoff seating match, you know, matchup type situations that are, are at stake. Right. Which, um, you know, again, I, I don't know, it's going to be an interesting to watch, but for the bucks, obviously probably not, probably not a lot of incentive to go really hard. And, and, uh, I mean, it's a good, good position to be in. You can treat it really as a tune-up, but, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting kind of way to do this. Yeah. The bucks are really one of the only teams that can walk into this and genuinely treat this as a preseason. Uh, almost every other team legitimately has something on the line to play for in regards to the standings. And certainly those teams that come in, they haven't played basketball for two months and now every game is must win while they're trying to to make the playoffs. So the Bucks are in a unique situation. It's basically uh, get your win back and stay healthy. That's what you're going to be watching these games, crossing your fingers that everyone stays healthy. That's what you're going to be hoping for. But Frank, there's plenty more to discuss. I know you're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to continue to go through a bunch of this uh, news that's come out in the last few days. The countdown is on until NBA returns. It's certainly exciting for the Bucks, 53 and 12, looking to claim that NBA championship that has been long awaited. Giannis get a chance to continue his back-to-back MVP campaign that we expect. Uh, Frank, have a good night to all our listeners. Thanks for listening. Make sure you stay safe out there, stick together, and we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.